Welcome back to That's as Huff on the Podcast with me, your favorite host, JD. And I'm Morgan. I need you to speak up. I said it all light. Say it with your chest. That's how I say my name. Say, ah, ah. <laughs> Let me hear your war cry. Hey, everybody. Hey. How are you today? I'm good. How you doing? You talking to me, the audience? Yes, I'm talking to you and also to the audience. How y'all doing too, audience? You get ready, set, talk. <laughs> you think they said something? No, I don't think they said anything. Oh, man. Well, yeah. we're back another week. Make sure y'all go follow us all those cool places in the description. Yes, we, we are on... You know what I almost said? I almost said we're on Yahoo. We're not on Yahoo. <laughs> man, we might be on Yahoo. What Yahoo have anymore? I don't know. Do they have a question? We could be on Yahoo. We don't know. Because Yahoo Answers is gone. So, I don't know. I don't know what else we could be on. But, we are on Instagram. And we are on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we're on all podcast platforms, which is how you found us hey, today. Hey. So yeah, check us out and interact with us, engage, email us in your questions or thoughts or comments on our topics. Um, or if you have a topic you want to hear us talk about or a story you want to hear us discuss, send that in too. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, uh, give us a little five-star rating and review on iTunes. That's how other people are able to find us. And Apple knows that people are listening and, and engage with the podcast. So take a couple minutes and, and go hit that like button. More. Well, not like button, but the, the, the stars or whatever they use. <laughs> the stars. Yeah. yeah, more five stars all the more time. Mm-hmm. Please and thank you. And I guess we you should get started with storytelling. Sure. Um, I guess I'm starting with storytelling. Okay. I wasn't mentally ready. Do you have any corrections or updates to any previous stories? I never have to correct. Okay. You have a mini for us this week? I do. And, you know, I'm going to start with our good old friend, Jesse. Okay. My man, you know. Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett, headline from the Chicago Tribune, I am not suicidal, quote. Jesse Smollett sentenced to 150 days in Cook County Jail, beginning immediately, shots as he is led from court. Mm. They finally got Jesse. I guess if that's how they wanted to spend the, the manpower and the court's time and the taxpayer's dollar to put Jesse Smollett in jail for 150 days, yeah. I guess that was, I don't know if I can say it was money and resources well spent, because I do think there are other crimes happening in Chicago that might be a little bit more important, but I, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I know they, especially the police union, they're really heavy on making them pay for all the resources used to solve this potentially fake crime. Okay. Uh, which the courts apparently determined that it was a fake crime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, that's fine. I'm fine with that judgment that it was a fake crime. Yeah. Um, but like you said, jail time seems excessive. Probation, all that mess. He's been hum- humiliated mm. across all, uh, across everywhere, all socioeconomics. Uh, people, all races, we're all we were all laughing at Jesse after we heard what happened. Well, I think the biggest punishment for him is that his career is probably over. I know he did recently start doing like interviews on podcasts again and stuff, but I don't think he will get back to the place where he was, where he was leading on a TV show um, anytime soon, if not at all. No, no, I, I feel the best bet is he just goes and um. I'm I'm always concerned where where we are jailing people for a, a crime where there wasn't really a victim. Like the only victim yeah, is that's yeah. Good point. 
There, there, there's no person who he hurt in this story. He may have hurt future cases uh, where somebody comes forward with a with a hate crime or for race or sexuality, but I don't believe that it's. I can't say this person right now is affected because of what Justice Millett did. I mean, I, I definitely think he hurt people in general. I don't like you said. I don't think there was a specific victim. Like nobody was physically or financially harmed but i do think that i mean i remember when the story broke that he was attacked um you know by some people like walking around downtown chicago at night it was really upsetting for me to think about like, that experience happening to him or anybody and to be fearful for like man if you know for openly gay people walking around the city of chicago like are they gonna be attacked in in, in night and almost killed like that that was a very scary thought to have and i think it probably triggered a lot of people who actually had had those experiences in the past Mm -hmm. and then they went to the police and the police didn't believe them or you know whatever whatever the outcome was of the situation so i mean i definitely think that him lying it it maybe made it harder for the next person to who actually was a victim of of something dangerous like that to have actually happened to them but i also agree i don't think jail is gonna do what they think it's gonna do i think the only thing for a person like that is like the public shaming is is the biggest punishment because he was trying to boost his career yeah yeah you know? it, it was a uh, somebody had a threatening note to him on the set of empire he didn't feel like they took it serious and he was just trying to gain an extra boost like hey y'all need to take this serious a serious issue which it is it's serious somebody gives you a threatening note it is is a serious thing that should be taken that way but you also shouldn't lie about another crime now and that's just such a wild thing to do like you literally had a big you had an acting and a singing career that were gonna blow up and you just tanked the whole thing Mm -hmm. because you just came up with a bad lie too like the story ain't even make no sense when you start looking at the details (laughs) i'm like bro this is so lazy and then he didn't underpaid the men yeah 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 so so you're trying to bank on a million millions dollars deal and he paid them thirty five hundred dollars a piece yeah it's like oh boy they got uh the dude the nfl got taken down about the fake covid uh vaccine card because he ain't pay his chef like (laughs) come on now it's not being cheap Oh, go all, go all in, man. Make, make, incentivize him not to snitch. I do think that Jesse will spend the full 150 days in jail. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks Jesse is that important to try to to try to fake his suicide and murder him in in jail. <laughs> I don't think he's that important. He's not a political prisoner or anything like that. Uh, he'll get out, and he'll probably in a year or so he'll be back on the podcast circuit, especially now that the legal case is closed. He can probably say more about it. He'll be back out doing podcasts and interviews in, in no time. Maybe he'll do a play or something. But I, I don't think he'll ever get back to where he was. He, no, no, not, not not to where he was. He would, he would probably never be a superstar. But he can definitely, if he wanted to, maybe either start a podcast or get on one. Or if he decided to do a tell-all and oh, just go Lord. all in. <laughs> one thing I would say is I know there are people who are still um supporters of jesse and i think they feel like it's one of those situations of love the person don't don't love what they did and i think they still uh care about him as an individual and as a member of the you know black gay community but they don't what he did was so hurtful and harmful to them Mm -hmm. but i can also imagine if like my if one of my friends told a really big lie and they had some they had to suffer consequences from it i don't know if i would be able to say that i would stop being their friend either you know, it's not, sometimes it's not that simple. 
Now, I I did see some people of the LBGT uh, community come out and say, so now we're supposed to believe the investigation done by the Chicago yeah. PD. And that's and valid. I, I, can, I can completely understand. I can completely understand that sentiment. Yeah. It's like, ugh, now, now their investigations are good. All the corruption that goes on in a lot of ma- ma- major metropolitan um, areas and their law enforcement and um, criminal justice system. The biggest thing for me was that he was out walking. As, he was walking at 1 o'clock in the morning to go get food, and he decided to walk the subway. I'm like, what subway downtown is still open at 1 a.m.? Why you ain't walk to Maxwell's and get you a Polish? Or even Jesse Smollett, why didn't you get a Uber Uber Eats or yeah. DoorDash? I mean, it's not that much open that late at night, but that, was, that to me was the biggest sign. Like, mm, I don't know about this story, Jesse. I, maybe maybe there was a real threat that the police chose not to investigate and I rubbed him the wrong way. I understand that. But them them details of that situation, that was just, that was a little too much for me. He never took the noose off, baby. He went to the hotel, the noose still around his neck. Oh, poor Jesse. <laughs> but I, I feel bad. I'm glad to, I'm glad the situation is over and done with. I thought we've been talking about this for way too long. Yeah, I feel like at least, at least for, for uh, most of the year, it, it will be wrapped up and concluded. Mm-hmm. And we all know um, Juicy is not suicidal. He made that clear in the courtroom. He did have his brother's support in the background saying, y'all going to do that to a black man and locking him up. Well, I, that was somebody else. But his brother did yell in the courtroom, too, about still still believing his brother, how he's the That's victim. That's his brother. That's his brother, yeah. It, I mean, you, you can support your brother and not believe he is the the victim of what happened. Well, I'm glad that uh, Journey didn't say nothing and ruin her career. <laughs> and I hope I hope they still got a good relationship. But I'm glad that they didn't put that on her. And she was able to keep going on. And, and she's been in so many good things since all this happened with him. So. She was probably like, look at this mother, yeah. right? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Man, she just minding her business. Anyway, but she probably still do support her brother. You know, nobody wants to see their brother go through that. Yeah, of course. Don't, don't, nobody wants to see their brother go to jail. Especially just something this, this silly. Nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Oh, Jesse. Well, I hope he stays safe in jail and he gets out. You know, COVID is still a thing and it's in the jail system. So hopefully he's able to just get in and out and mm-hmm. move on with his life. Juicy, juicy, juicy. <laughs> I guess another quick kind of juicy story. Okay. Um, where is my headline? This one headline is from People and it is the piece of evidence that broke open the Sherry Panini case. Now, do you? I, I I vaguely remember this. Do you remember? It was kind of like a Gone Girl type of situation. Yes, because all the True Crime podcasts have done this, have covered this story in the past two weeks. So yeah, I have heard of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna cover the story. I just thought it was extremely funny that now she's gonna have to go to jail for her um for basically scamming everybody and taking all that money. Cause oh wait, we must be talking about two different things. She was delayed from in 2016. She faked her kidnapping. She um she she said she she went out for a run. Family didn't know where she was. Her husband and her children are like oh oh wow. So you mean to tell me there are two different Gone Girl cases? Well, I guess so. This this one was fake. The one okay. I'm about to talk about. So the one that I'm talking about. Well, I guess they're both fake. Gone, is, Gone Girl. It's called the Gone Girl case, but it was about uh. A engaged couple who had a home invasion in the middle of the night, and the fiance, the woman identified as fiance, was taken out of the house, and the man was let go. And basically, the police didn't believe them that somebody had kidnapped them, mm-hmm. and all like all this stuff had happened, and they were like about to press charges against them. Yeah, 
publicly shamed them and everything, and then it turned out they actually did get kidnapped. Oh. They only found out because he did it to a, a, a second couple, and he was caught that time. Mm. Um, well, so that so it's two different Gone Girl cases. Well, okay. The, okay. Well, this one is from it was from 2016. Mm-hmm. She was out running, disappeared. Everybody's like, "Hey, where's where's Sherry Papini at?" Uh, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, because like about two weeks after that, she was found like a hundred miles away from her house. Um, beat, looked like she was beaten, branded on her back. Oh, family's like, what the? They found her police. Everybody's happy. They're like, yes, this is great. We found her. She said it was two Hispanic women that kidnapped her. Had locked her in the closet. <laughs> they always, they always <laughs> get so creative with them races. Like it's always somebody. It's always a person of a different ethnicity every yeah, time. Yeah. It's never just another another person of the same kind. Yeah. Uh, the same kind of raw humans, but no, y'all know, y'all know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, she uh said, yeah, these two Hispanic ladies locked me up in the closet, had me peeing in a kitty litter box, and it was okay. And as she <laughs> see, just like Jesse, you get too creative with them stories. People started asking questions. But so they, the sweatpants she had, they took all her clothes, you know, just in case they had evidence. And at at this point. The family had collected a lot of money just for like you know, uh, for in case of a ransom or anything, mm-hmm. or for just in case somebody had information, you know, give out money if she's found. So, uh, I think it was forty nine thousand dollars that they had spent on like paying off credit cards and putting their personal accounts, which is money donated to them. So that you know mm-hmm. something happened like that, people donate money to you. Yeah. It was going to be used for this. It's, it's still your money. You know, things happen. Hey, you still you you just part of our family to get past the situation. Yeah. And the FBI kept those clothes just in case they were ever, ever able to make a break in the case. Mm-hmm. And so, like in 2019, they finally made a break. They found some DNA, male DNA on the on the pants, mm-hmm. and they ran it back. They they cross checked all her family members. It wasn't a match with any of them. Uh, they cross checked you know the databases, and it was the DNA of a relative and that relative and that person was a relative of her ex-boyfriend. Okay. So it turns out this whole thing, when they talked to him, whole thing got blown wide open. She had just ran away with him for two weeks. And then she said, hey, I got to go back home. She told him to get a tool from some type of uh, store. And so she branded herself. And had him help beat her up and got mm-hmm. found. You know, and it's, I, mean, I just think that's a crazy case. Like, she did all that because she just wanted to run away from her family. People do it all the time. Not all the time, but it's not. I would say it's not the first time anybody has ever done that. You know, it's not the first time, but they, they locked her up now. She got facing fe- felony, you know, mail fraud and all that. Because they took in a lot of money. Yeah. For this case. They're like, bro, you and for lying to the police. Like, you lied. You had to start looking for your ass. Yeah. And you, you used this money to pay off all your debts. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's, I think the most interesting part of that is that with the uh, increase in the DNA testing, you know, they're uh, testing all these backlogs of, of data they have. They're uh, finally like looking at rape kits because they realize they can also put the victims of uh, sexual crimes into the databases and charge them with crimes that they have their DNA for. And, you know, people submit their DNA willingly for like 23andMe and all those types of things. It's just a lot of crimes, like old cases being solved or new information uh, coming to light based on all this DNA evidence. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's, like we have a new story every day about 
oh, that, that makes sense. Now we found that we found this out. We found that out. So be careful out there, y'all. Don't be committing no crimes. Mm-hmm. Don't don't give your DNA over willy nilly. But it don't even have to be you, you giving the DNA over. Like it like it wasn't. It wasn't her ex boyfriend yeah. gave the DNA. It was her a relative of her ex boyfriend that DNA they found out like well yeah. the only person you know from his family is the boyfriend so that's who DNA it was and that's who yeah. DNA it was it was her ex yeah somebody over there trying to figure out if they if they great grandma you know if they great grandma was Sicilian or or Polish and they send they, they DNA in and next thing you know they daddy going to jail <laughs> or somebody or they find out they're not related to somebody so yeah this DNA stuff is very 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 fascinating because I know she probably thought she was done Mm-hmm. Well, she was behind her. She was never gonna get caught. You know, three years in the past, and, it, and I think they think it's a link between like at some point everybody knew about it, like between the the husband and the ex boyfriend. Yeah, Why it's like definitely. I mean, we got the money now. We good? Yeah, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late to go back and tell. But a lot of people feel after something like that. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's like what you never want to have is that knock at the door. <laughs> you find out something 45 years later that somebody did something <laughs> it's like oh, you ever heard of the uh, the mega bomber the mega bomber <laughs> oh, your granddaddy <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. um, you put your DNA in the system be like, uh, look, we need to look at your work shed real quick we think there's a, a secret bunker uh, that would be wild for sure mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. I have a story today alright um, I know minis no minis but um, this is an interesting topic. So we know everybody's going back to the office um, now. More places are fully um, getting their employees back into the office, or some places are doing kind of like a hybrid in a mix. Um, and so for Meta, which for those who don't know is the parent company of Facebook, so I'll probably just like say Facebook or Meta interchangeably. Um, they are cutting back on some perks. So this article came from the Guardian. And it's titled, Meta Employees Left to Do Their Own Laundry as Perks Get Cut. Oh. I can hear everyone's eyes rolling. I go, <laughs> but it's actually... <laughs> go ahead. Those damn computer nerds can't clean their own drawers. <laughs> so they are not going to be receiving um, free valet service or the free laundry service when they go back into the office on um, the end of March. And another thing that people are most excited about is that the free dinner perk, which used to be given at six o'clock, is now gonna be pushed back to 6.30. But the last shuttle to leave the campus is at six o'clock. So the logic behind this is that they have a hybrid working environment that's going to happen so not all the employees are coming back into the office and they're also kind of trying to de-incentivize people from sticking around just to wait to get the free food so basically like if the work day ends at five the whole purpose of giving you free dinner is that you stay and you work an extra hour until six but they had too many people who would stay and work an extra hour until six so now they push it back to 6 30 and in with the hopes of the people who are going to stay, they'll they'll work until six thirty, and then the people who are just kind of sitting around waiting for food won't be there anymore. Cause um, the in the like conversation with people who do work for Meta, one person noted that basically there were people who were staying and they were taking home like boxes and boxes of dinners, like enough to feed their whole family, mm-hmm. and so it was people uh, a situation where people were abusing the system. Uh, from their perspective, and then also a lack of 
I don't need to maybe provide, let's say, like if I have 5,000 employees and only 3,500 of them are back in the office, I don't need to provide 5,000 meals every night. No, you're right. So, mixed results, I mean, <laughs> mixed opinions from employees. What do you think? Um, I can... It's weird that they... they, they are, now, are they saying they did the food program in the hopes that people work after an extra hour? Or they just did it because they wanted people to just to say, hey, we care. So, it's a, it's a part of the perks that come with like working at Google or Meta or things like that. It's like they have, you know, you can get breakfast, you can get the shuttle, you can get uh, dinner. So, it's not explicitly stated that it's to incentivize you to work more but like if you have a shuttle that goes straight to your job then it with wi-fi on it you work on your way to work you know you may come in early because you can you can get the breakfast you stay late because you can get the dinner you don't have to go home to do laundry because you can do laundry on the campus so it's like it's all designed they know they're smart people so they know why it's designed like why else would the company be put this much money into these perks but it's designed to keep you on the work campus and working more Might be mad at me because they they definitely won't get that extra out out of me. I'll be like, y'all get a time designated, which y'all have paid for. (laughs) But I mean, if you we talking about steak dinners here, Mm -hmm. so like if you're a person who say you single and you don't like to cook, you work until six, you get your free dinner. Yeah, I'm giving out two though, two three though. That's what people were doing. Mm -hmm. They were taking their dinners home, and so now they're very outraged because I mean I don't know about y'all listeners, but I know for me. It's a big difference between staying an extra hour and staying an extra hour and a half at the end of the day. Yeah. That, that just home. hit different. Right. You're ready to go home. So it's like they automatically know it's going to be less people. Um, I know there was comments from people who work in the food service aspect of Meta who were like saying, hey, it's also less labor for us because we don't have to make as many meals to accommodate people taking home bags of meals as well. All this, uh, y'all couldn't just come up with a system where you couldn't get more than two plates. They probably could have. They probably could just <laughs> hey, like a like a dining hall on a, on a campus. How many swipes you got on your card? Exactly. Sw- uh, scan your card right here. Beep. Uh, can we yeah. get two plates? Oh yeah. You have to wait fifteen minutes, and you can get a second one if you come back around. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So here's the other side of this. Um, I saw a TikTok uh, probably yesterday. And it was a gentleman who used to work at Google and he was describing some of the same perks about around the free food and, and all these things that are designed to keep you on campus. But what he said was that the flip side that a lot of people don't think about is that the money that is invested into the services to keep you working is not being given to you in terms of pay. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you utilize these perks, they still are reflected in your salary. It's like a resort fee at a when you go on vacation. So... I mean, I may not use the kayaks in the gym, but I'm paying for the kayak in the gym. Mm-hmm. And so for some people, it's like, well, I may as well go ahead and use it. But if you're a person that's like, oh, well, I have to pick up my kid at 630 or my wife cooks every night or my husband cooks or whatever, then you may not use those perks. And so you also don't have the option to opt out of those perks and say, hey, I'd rather take this and use it for food. And so it's something like, an extra, I mean, for my own life. So I think it's something like an extra three to ten thousand dollars that they spend on employees, each employee. If they if they utilize all the services, that's what that's what the investment is per yeah. employee. But you don't have the option to say, well, hey, if I, I want to work eight to five, I'll drive myself in. I don't want the perks. I'd rather just have an extra ten thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. 
you know. You can keep those bagels in the office if that means I get two two thousand extra dollars. Right. And so what Meta offered was they currently have a seven hundred dollar a year stipend for employees for things like um, mental health care. I think it was like financial consulting, which I don't know what you're going to do with seven hundred dollars because that's going to be about six therapy sessions. But anyway, um, well, like I said, it's like a course of therapy, but you can use it for like financial consulting, all these different types of wellness based benefits. So they offer to raise that seven hundred dollars a year to three thousand a year. Okay. As an as a way to reflect, like, oh, we know we were paying you less for the benefits, and you're not going to have these a few of these benefits, so you'll get a little bit more money. Okay, but you you can still only spend it a certain way. It's not like it, it's disposable income now. That is true. There are parameters to what what you what you what you're using it for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, at the end of the day, it's still the same cost. You didn't you didn't really gain anything and now yeah. they made it harder they made it harder to get the other things so they're cutting back on those and saying you can still spend this money but if you already weren't getting therapy or uh what, what was the other perk it was like financial Financials. financial planning Shoot, you might your brother might be a financial planner so it's like now you don't need that or whatever some of the other things are okay so here it is okay this one is important Mental health, financial planning, care for children, older people, and pets. Okay. So, like, another example is you can bring your dog to work. Mm-hmm. But that is also done because what do most people who have dogs, they have to be home by a certain time so they can walk their dog, you know. But if I can take my dog to work, then I can work all through the evening. Yeah. Because I don't have an excuse of, well, I can't, I can't stay late because I got to care for my elderly parent. I got to pick my kid up. If, you know, Meta and Google say, well, no, you don't. We can, we'll provide you we, this, we'll provide you that. So you can just work all day. <laughs> Isn't that great? You can just work. We we have sleeping pods. You don't even have to leave eventually. Yeah. You well, know? We'll give you a thumb drive with a Google parent on it. You just plug that up to the, the TV and it'll parent your kid. And I guarantee you, like when you, when you start to work for big institutions and cities, like if you work for maybe like say a large public university or you work for a corporation that has its headquarters in a city, everything in that area is going to incentivize you to, to live and eat and spend money closer to your job. So like you can get an apartment complex, you get a, you know, they'll waive your application fee mm-hmm. if you work at this company and all those types of things. So, I mean, the fact that you can take a shuttle from your, where you live to Google, I'm going to imagine a high percentage of their employees live in a certain area. So they can take that shuttle. Like they incentivize you to be close to work, base your life around work, your meals around work, your child care, all these things. And really, in, in, um, you know, to keep you there. Yeah. And to keep from paying you more, you know, all the conveniences and perks. Yeah. Like, well, why pay more? Don't you get half off of your um, rent? Mm-hmm. Then your mortgage rate get a great value? You are Google forever. But I feel like what's the, what is the toll the cost of all this because at the end of the day you're you're getting a lot but it's like you said it's within certain parameters and you're working Mm -hmm. so you know when you drive in from 30 minutes out you can listen to a nice little podcast you could talk on the phone chat with your family whatever you want to do listen to music some people like to listen to you know uh, worship music in the morning but you on the you're on the shuttle with the Wi-Fi, everybody else is on their laptop sending emails. And you know how work culture is. It's like, well, if the first email of the day start rolling out at 7.30, that means everybody's emailing after 7.30, even if work don't start till 8. Man. So it's just incentivizing you to make your life about work. 
If I, if I email at seven thirty, you best believe I'm start I'm starting working at four thirty that afternoon. You know, Trick says he's working on extra. No sir, no sir. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting that they are they're for these companies to be known for their perks that they're starting to figure out they need to kind of scale some of them back. And I wonder what that's going to mean for. I mean, obviously, people are still going to want to work for Meta and for Google, but I think for some people who are kind of used to those perks and they rely on heavily on those perks. I wonder that what that means for them. Yeah, it, it's going to be a lot, especially for the. It's going to be the smaller, smaller tech companies you probably can't think of right now. They're going to have issues. It's like, well, we can roll this back, but then how do we still incentivize our employees? You don't want to lose. You, you, you still, at the end of the day, you're still going to lose to Google and Meta and Apple and all the big tech giants because people are still going to want to go there. But I mean, maybe pay more but have less perks. Yeah. And there's some people who, like you said, some people value their autonomy. Like, hey, I work for this money. I want to be paid for the labor that I do at the value of what it should be paid. And I'll decide how I want to use my money. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to give me a stake. What if I don't want, you know, obviously, whatever it is. But they, it's, I'm sure it's some people who would rather just have that cash to do what they want to do with it. Yeah. And leave work at five. Yeah, some people don't like food. I'm pretty sure plenty of people in there that's like, I'm a food adverse. I prefer I'm a I'm a air fairian and I only eat air. Well, they like people. Some people drink like Soylent and other things. Soylent green. Uh, it's not Soylent green. Oh, okay. But I I mean I think that some people just want to leave work at five. Yeah. You know they don't want to sit up at work all day. They got a life. They want to go to trivia or something like that. Whatever yeah. they want to go to karaoke. Yeah, they like spending time with other people too. It's like all right, so all right, I'm gonna try to get the extra meal in a in an hour. This is it's long and strenuous. And I don't like the people I work with, but I'm away. And now you made it six thirty. That could be somebody's thirteenth reason, right there. I also think it's wild that when you don't work in an environment like that, to just even hear like you had valet parking, you had free dinner, you had a shuttle to work, you didn't have to pay. Like currently, I have to pay to park at my job. And that, that makes me angry every single day that I pull into that parking lot. And so I, to imagine a work environment where I could take a shuttle, I had lunch provide or dinner provided for me, they had valet service, they had laundry. Like, I think that some people couldn't even imagine a work environment like that. No, no, no. They, they ain't at my work environment. They ain't behind it. I'm also, though, I'm not bringing my dirty drawers to work. No, that's that's a, I mean, it's cool, but it's like, I, I want to, it's like when you leave your bag somewhere, so it's like picking it up. What am I clothes think? What if I worked on, I got workout clothes in there? They probably do. They probably don't care. They ain't got no shame. Yeah, yeah, And then you, you bringing it on the shuttle? Ugh. You know, you know, it's my extra stinking uh, dirty draw. I'm sure it is. Mm, I'll be seeing. Yeah, I'm like, can you close your bag? <laughs> can you uh, draw string? Can you pull it nice and tight? Yeah, Thank you. you might need to put it in a plastic bag because that is emitting from that fabric bag. Let me tell you, it is nothing like the the gym clothes stink. Mm-hmm. That workout sweat that is bad. Watch those at home, y'all. Watch those at home. Any employees at Google, yeah, they don't want to smell. You gotta soak that, yeah. Dang, because you know what? I wouldn't even want to get my clothes to be washed unless you go to a good clothes wash person. Because they gonna put that. It's gonna, they're probably gonna use them industrial washing drives. Your shit gonna be burnt. It bur- it burns your clothes. As much money as Google makes, they better be able to afford some nice laundry detergent. <laughs> and that's the least they could do. We can we can only hope. Mm-hmm. We can only hope. Uh, I guess it's time for me to slide on on. Cool. You got any last thoughts on Google being? No, I'm ready to hear your story. Cheapskates. Okay. Uh, well, this is from the one of the headlines from the Daily Dot. Um, Stop using black suffering to make feel good content for white people. Oh. 
Emmett Till plays slated to follow white woman sparking outrage. <laughs> <laughs> this is from uh, March 8th, um, the Lord, our Lord and Savior's year of 2022. Oh, God. It's a, a playbill announced that Emmett Till, the, the title is Emmett Till, a new American opera, will be premiering at New York City's John Jay College on May, March 23rd. The show was written by a white woman and has a white woman as the main character. Of course it does. Many white, many people have expressed that the show's framing is inappropriate and disrespectful on Twitter. You got any thoughts about that so far? Uh, oh my God. It, it's a weird... Just to, just, to, just to think that I'm going to write... First of all, I'm not saying you, you can't do it, write that play, but you should really reflect on yourself. Should... Myself as an elder, not, she's not an elder. She is an older white woman. Be writing a play about one of the most tragic things to happen in black culture that that was spread across the nation. Everybody knows this story. That that's a black American of Emmett Till. I'm trying to think of another child that was murdered in the United States that we would make a musical or a play about. Mm-hmm. I, I and I can't. I mean, they're probably the only one that, that's coming to mind for me, like a, a one that's, whose name is is infamous is Emmett Till's, maybe like Jean Benet Ramsey. Oh, and just, I know that I know that was her murder was more recent than Emmett Till's murder, but I just don't see anybody making a musical about her, a play about her death. And so, I mean, I think the headline is on point in terms of you know using a, a culturally traumatic experience that really wasn't that long ago. Um, and to turn it into a, a play for other people's entertainment and then the center, somebody who really didn't have anything to, I mean, uh, an adjacent character. It's actually a, a fictional white character that right, she made. Right, So it's yeah. not, it's not, like I said, it's not even, it's not like it was even based on somebody that was there and for some reason you want to tell this white lady's story. What, it, I, what I'm saying is like, you could use your power as a white woman with the platform to get a show greenlit a play literally launch a play to have the a character be Emmett Till's mom or uh uh one of his relatives or like his his uh cousin mm-hmm. who was with him and they they were at the house when he got taken out of the house and everything like you could have used your platform to put a black writer playwright in there and have the black playwright write something and have it be powerful and moving centered a black main character. Like I, the good intention could have been a turn into a good action, but because she had to center her perspective in it. Now it's going to be trauma porn. Yes. Yes. I and you have to feel bad for this, this white woman, whatever she experiences, her, her sadness about this as opposed to focusing on the the victim and his family or the people in his community. The 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 main white woman of the play, she identifies as hating Jim Crow laws, which is good. We hate Jim Crow laws Jim Crow laws too, but uh and I just wanna bring up the point that um we're talking about Emma Till versus like not versus but with Jamie yeah. Lane Ramsey in in that case we it's still cloudy on what happened who did it you can't really say 
who did or anything. In this case, literally the person who was responsible for all this happening is still alive. I don't care if she is going through Alzheimer's or anything and she can barely remember her first and last name. She is the person that caused this young boy's death. The white lady who claimed that he whistled at her then recanted mm-hmm. that story almost on her deathbed. She is still alive and as well as you can get. She got to live her whole life. Her family yeah. did do a recent call in articles after this story came out about saying how they would want her in jail uh, for the murder of Emmett Till. Uh, as they, I, I know, I know they usually they, they come out and try and say that, but they did it again. Like this play yeah. bring more attention to it, but and they they weren't involved in this play at all. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm mad. I'm mad at the lady who wrote it. I'm more mad at the people who greenlit it, and I'm disappointed in any black people that have anything to do with it and I know a lot of people gonna make the argument of like well you know you can't turn down jobs if you're a black actor or if you're a black stage crew person and I understand that but I also think there are just certain things that we have to draw a line on and you can't unless it's gonna be a one woman play you can't tell the story without black actors in it and so it's like maybe this is one of those things where people need to think about collectively passing on so that we don't have this we never see this play come see the light of day. Yeah, it's just it's just not necessary to tell her perspective on it. She's also written a, another work on Emmett Till, so I guess maybe she sees herself as an expert in what happened. I mean, but it's not like she's just exercising her guilt by writing this stuff. And I mean, she probably likes to kill a mockingbird. It's probably her favorite book, and she's pulling from that and everything. And she she wants to tell a story, but I just think. You decenter the the people who were most impacted by the crime by make by seeing it through the eyes of a white woman. But on the other hand, I also have heard the argument that, and I'm not saying I think the play should happen, but I have also heard the argument that when you are an ally, you have to speak to your group because they won't listen to the marginalized or the disenfranchised. Like they'll they're more likely to hear something and be empathetic when it's coming from somebody who looks like them. And so maybe that's her her twisted way of doing that, of helping people understand what happened to him if it's being seen through the eyes of a white woman. But I also just don't think we need to have a play about this child's murder. Yes, uh, especially a play. I know there's been movies, documentaries, and plenty of that. The, the play just doesn't seem to be a good medium for this extremely real thing that happened to this child, just like a, another thing. And some white, some white old white lady is gonna tell me about how this how this black boy died. Like I don't want to, I don't want to hear you tell me, lady. I don't want to hear. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we have enough. Not enough, but I think we have some good um, documentaries and interviews from people because you know a lot of people are still alive. Evidence of what happened to him. I know that. I think is it Will Smith and Jay Z working on a documentary or or a TV series or mm-hmm. something like that? Um, you know, and it's it's hard viewing, but it's it's required information for all Americans to learn about. But I just don't think this play is the way that we need to continue to tell the story. And I wish that she, you know, theater people, and I know people would like like to think of things as art and art being controversial. But this reminds me a lot of... Do you remember when Slave Play came out a few years ago? Oh, I don't really remember that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Slave... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for those who don't know, Slave Play was... I want to say it was like an NYU graduate... It was was some type of 
thing where like you could get this you could launch a project and then it could get picked up to become like a Broadway thing I think it was for like theater graduate students or something like that and this black uh, person I think he's male identified he wrote a play called Slave Play but it was like one of the bigger scenes that people were really upset about it was like a, a enslaved black woman twerking for her white master and she was in love with him and it was supposed to, it was trying to be controversial and subversive but it really just ended up being more so like audiences full of white people laughing at this slave woman twerking for her white master it just it went over people's heads um in a way that a lot of people felt like were anti-black and i think the way the writer kind of some of the some of the statements and beliefs and practices he had also just suggested that he was kind of like disconnected from the black community and didn't really want to hear what the black community was saying. And this feels like that to me again. And like, we're going to use this theater. But it's almost like I can guarantee you there's a black person who has written a, a excellent play about Emmett Till, if not him, about civil rights and somebody coming to terms with, with these things. And it is not that woman. Yeah, it's probably just a black uh, black playwright that wrote, wrote a great one about a love story somewhere. But we don't yeah. get, we don't get to see it because we get to see this white lady tell us about how how image how, from the eyes of a fictional white woman about how we're having an Emmett Till's case. Yeah, I I really am starting to come to the side of I do think history is important to tell, and if we don't tell it, and we don't tell it from our voices and our perspectives, and we let other people stand in step up and tell it for us, and it's not right. But I also think it's it's also space for you to tell stories like you said about black love or you know happy endings even if you do set it in the civil rights movement or you know you want to write about struggle it doesn't have to be always about a black character getting brutalized and murdered and harmed and trauma and damage and it's it's triggering and traumatic for the audiences to it where it's not enjoyable to consume it like I, I think there's ways that you can still write about the black experience but create hope and you know, have stuff that's and it's enjoyable. You know, that people want to see again. It's it's so many movies that, about black people like Queen and Slim. People were so excited when that movie came out. Ain't nobody finna watch that again. It was no, you know, I'm not gonna spoil it because it's so a fairly recent movie. But like everything doesn't have to be so traumatic and and sad and and devastating to watch. Even like it was like a couple a couple years back, it was like a whole bunch of black sci-fi coming out, and most of it was like. This girl's trying to go back in time to stop her brother from being murdered by the police. And I'm like, dang, even the sci-fi, it has to, you know what I mean? Like, she can't go back in time and have a good time. She can't go to dance on the soul train. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, I hope this lady, I hope they close the show that before it even gets going. And I hope that maybe we can just find a way to do both. Like, let's tell our history, but then let's tell some fun stories about black culture, too. Mm -hmm. Black people can have have fun or go on adventures or even have being fantasy or Mm sci-fi adventures. A lot lot can happen. We can be places and enjoy things, too. We can't. We always suffer. (laughs) We always suffer. You know what? You know what's good. I I think some people, even if they don't like it, they're seeing, especially when I like in terms of when I watch anime content, they're yeah. seeing. Oh, a lot of these uh, people of other colors, uh, black, Latino, Latinas, yeah. they like this genre too. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I think it's so interesting. So like, I listen to a lot of history podcasts, and I think we both kind of take in like a lot of history and stuff. But I think it's so many interesting stories about like 
black World War II veterans, if you want to talk about it, discrimination and overcoming that, like they exposed, uh, had plenty of discrimination going into the armed forces, but there were black some uh, ship captains in the Navy and Harlem Hellfighters and Tuskegee Airmen, like do a play about, about them, you know, maybe even like what it was like to go there and come home and then you had to fight for your civil rights. Do a play about that. Do a play about, um, I can't think of what his name was, but he was the Hawaiian gentleman who, um, he was like a hero on the day of Pearl Harbor because he, he captured a Japanese airman mm-hmm. who his plane had crashed. Like there are so many interesting stories of, you know, people who were maybe in positions of discrimination or marginalization and they did really interesting things like the Zoot Suit Riots um, against Mexican-Americans in California. Like, it's so much history there that people of color should be able to tell for themselves and that should get the platform. That should get the play. Not this lady, you know. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. I don't, I don't know what she's doing either. Hopefully, hopefully she can take a break I know she wrote this whole thing it's going to be her, one of her masterpieces which is great but maybe this doesn't need to come out or let's get some input mm-hmm. to other people on why maybe a lot of people do not want to see her tell this story or the play you know what um, this is not funny because I'm, I'm not trying to make any jokes around the, the death of, of any children but I was I was going to be like well yeah I guess Maybe she can get Candace Owens and Officer Tatum to go, but then I thought about it and I was like, I don't even think they would they would want to go see that. Who would be the who would be the black people that would want to go see that? Yeah, they wouldn't want they wouldn't want to go see it because they'd be like, I mean, all of those Jim Crow laws weren't bad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> if he only he didn't he did something. He might didn't whistle, but he snickered. Yeah, Officer Tatum probably would say something. I don't I don't even want to think about what Officer Tatum would say about Emmett Till, because I know it would be bad. So. Oh, well, I, I don't want to say good luck to her at all. But let's hopefully let's let common sense prevail. We can only hope it does. Because um, <laughs> I don't, I know the audience for your play is woke, liberal, or white ladies. Mm. That seems to be the only audience for this play. But hey, good, good luck, Godspeed. Um, yeah. Do you have a. Something to close us off with? Close us off with? I wish I could learn how to talk. Yeah, so well, let me ask you, what would you rather? Would you rather hear a little short mini story or would you rather do something on Reddit? I want you to pick what's in your heart's no. content. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, since I was talking about work a lot today, we'll, we'll stick with Reddit. I have an Am I the Asshole? And I am <laughs> this one. I, oh man. Okay. Let me not say too much. But mm-hmm. am I the asshole for telling my boss that my coworkers were not following our company's long-standing tradition of fellowship uh, while he was away on vacation? A fellowship. Hey. What kind of fellowship are you? You ready? Oh, this this story is a doozy. All right, go for it. Okay. I work for an amazing small engineering firm. It was founded by my current boss's dad, who was pretty open about it being a Christian company. Mm-hmm. Since the day of the doors opening, every day at 3.16 p.m., everyone who is in, in, the, in the office or in the field together has to stop what they're doing and meet for a few minutes of group time telling each other what we're thankful for. It started off as a mandatory prayer session, but my boss was sued in the 90s. So they changed it to fellowship and it is a hundred percent not religious now. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Um, now the Zoom is a thing. Everyone has to get on their company phone and zoom into the meeting, and it can take anywhere from five minutes to an hour, depending on what people have to say. My boss thinks it's our most important tradition, and it's why we're so successful as a company because these sessions reassure everyone that we're more of a family than a job. Mm. Uh, my boss recently bought a second home in Aspen and decided he wanted to spend the winter skiing. I'm the office uh, manager, and he left me in charge of day-to-day stuff while his son is in charge of all operations. One thing I noticed was that after about a week or so, people started finding excuses to not attend the fellowship meetings, even though they're mandatory. I sent out a company-wide email reminding everyone, and no one responded. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm being biased the way I'm reading it. Um, Let me stop. So I started approaching people individually, and all of them made the same excuse at 3.16 in the afternoon was not a good time, and they all have meetings with customers or suppliers. I reminded them that it's never been an excuse in the past, and they all just said, well, whatever. It made me feel bad. I brought it up to the son, and he said to just ignore it, and we have to trust people to do the right thing with their job. To me, this was wrong, because it's always been mandatory. I emailed my boss, and he was furious, so he went. He sent out a company-wide email saying that anyone documented as missing at the fellowship meetings will be written up with a warning and then fired if it happens again. Well, I thought that would be the end of it, but people are assuming that I'm the one that emailed him and they've been so cruel to me. Most of it is things like not being asked if I want to be in on the office lunch order, but an older woman who's been working for the company for about 40 years literally came up to me and called me a tattletale. (laughs) 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 To me, I was just doing what my boss asked for something. um, There's something that's obviously very important to him. Uh, and that's the way he wants his company to be run. But I want to get along at work. So am I the asshole? Boy, God. Is she she sleeping with the boss? It was so much happening in that story. It's like you are are literally the the co-worker that everybody hates. The fact that you sent out an email, you individually started approaching people about it, you approached the sun and then you snitched. Come on now. We just don't mess with you, man. Don't go rock with you, bro. We all good. But my thing is, like, can you imagine how when you are, like, when you have a busy schedule, a busy day, and it's almost the end of the day, and you have meetings, you can't schedule a meeting from three to four. No. And really, you can't schedule a meeting after probably three o'clock because. You don't even know how long the thankful session is going to last. Yeah, you get done at 4.15. It's like, well, I get out of here at 5. I'm not scheduling a meeting with a, a client that I know is going to be an hour hour long. Right. <laughs> and then you may have to finish, like, oh, maybe I have to finish this project to finish these, sending these emails. So you may be working later into the day. Mm-hmm. And also some people just, like, what new thing can I come up with every single day to say that I'm thankful for? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're not thankful, but, like, I'm just gonna be saying the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's like I mean, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for things, but I, sometimes I don't want to tell y'all all my business, man. I don't need to know, need y'all to know how I'm moving, right? And it's like, well, yes, they were doing it because they had to do it. Obviously, people weren't enjoying it, and the people who who probably did enjoy doing it, they still called in at three sixteen, mm-hmm. and the other people didn't. And the, even the son was like, "Come on, bro, come on now." <laughs> We go when I get when I get in charge. We're gonna do it about two times a week now. We ain't doing it. Yeah, I day. think every day. I can see if you did like three sixteen, 
every Thursday or Friday or something like that. You have people go, or you have turned it into an email thread. You have some, everybody had an emailing or something, so they could just keep going on with their work. But it's not like they they took the time to go party. They were still working. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm still getting my shit done, bro. And it made me every day seems successful. If we did this mm-hmm. like like you said, once once a week. Wednesday three fifteen. Make sure you there. Don't schedule anything after that. We can probably cut out a little early on the day. Uh, I'll make sure there's pizza at, at four o'clock in the in the break room or something. You know what I'm saying? Right. Have a have early dinner in the break room. Yeah, you have something in the black the break room. Uh, what's those things called? Push board. Everybody write on a uh index card what they're grateful for this week. Something like that. But I just like the mandatory, the whole entire company, even if you're in the field, you suck in traffic, it's got to grind to a screeching halt. <laughs> so everybody can say what they're grateful for. And then this, this wackadoo got the nerve to go snitch <laughs> to the boss who, mind you, is he calling in at 316 every day while he asking? Yeah, how come he didn't know that people weren't calling in? Because <laughs> he went on the meeting. Oh, he was vibing, boy. He said he trusted y'all. You, you were trying to... Uh, um, managing the office, man. Ain't nobody care about that. The office managed. Nobody cared. Basically, everybody was letting you know without saying it that they didn't care, including the son who was left in charge. So you went over the son mm-hmm. to his dad and to snitch on everybody. And then got the nervous to tell you, well, how come nobody's talking to me? Because <laughs> you almost got them fired. You, you, you did. You probably, you going to call somebody to get fired because this policy now. Gee, Helen, I don't know why nobody is talking to you anymore. <laughs> because we all told you to mind your business. And you went and you snitched. And then she said, somehow people assumed it was me. Because you were the only person in the company who was pressed about it, Helen. <laughs> you literally approached me. Can you imagine, if I'm at work, and this woman walks up to me and says, Morgan, you weren't at the prayer meeting last week. Girl, I know I wasn't. And I'm not going to be there today. <laughs> like, what you want, man? You want to cook or something? <laughs> Like, I don't know. And yeah. I'm not going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. I'm talking about, how did they know it was me? you the only one talking. <laughs> of course we know it was you, Helen. And they talking about something. I'm getting left off the lunch order. Yes, <laughs> Helen. Because that, like, some people don't understand. When you are a person who snitches, now we have to exclude you. Because we don't know what you're going to snitch about. You might be keeping notes on all types of stuff to go to the boss. Yeah, I can't just talk around you now. I don't know what you will. You, right. you willing to go back. You know she said this on uh, on April 3rd, 2022. Oh, oh, you know Helen is the type of person to be like, I saw I saw Kate wearing jeans on Thursday. And it wasn't casual Friday. Or, you know, so-and-so, they they had a button. They had, Their shirt was buttoned pretty low. Mm. And I just think that's inappropriate for yeah. the workplace. <laughs> I just don't think the, the men should be wearing jobs to show their ankles like that oh my gosh oh man I'm glad they stopped talking to her I hope they give her an icy cold shoulder uh, until she retire like you have to go sometimes you have to go with the flow sometimes you, you have to be you have to speak out when stuff is happening like the wrong thing mm-hmm. like some, you see something really really bad happen but that stuff is not bad. That's just the employees getting a little break from doing that until the boss came back. Yes. They had a few months off this this, this tradition that they don't like. That's the thing. They, they don't like it, man. See, they know they can't talk, talk to you about it. It, it, it. it probably wasn't they didn't like it. It's like it, it, it felt it didn't really matter. That's something that he just really wanted to do. Yeah, it didn't, have, <laughs> didn't connect for them. And I'm sure she was one of those people who felt like, oh, well, I'm so happy now. We're all back in this space together and nobody want to be there. <laughs> Everybody mad, but you, you think you won, but you can't have it both ways. You can't 
force people to do what you want them to do and force them to like you. It don't work like that. No, we, we work. We, we used to be work friends. Now we work work, work associates. I would, I would be so done speaking to Helen. Yeah. You, if you snitch on me to our boss and you get me in trouble, and you get all of us in trouble, oh, no, Helen. Let, let Helen come and ask me to do something. I'm like, no, send no. that in the email, Helen. Yep. <laughs> send that in the email. I'm oh, pretty Helen. swamped. I don't know when I get to it, Helen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's her. That made, that pissed me off so bad when I read it. Yeah, I, I think I think she's gonna have a A S S H O L E. Yeah, it's gonna be a long, long time working there. This how she's gonna be. Especially the lady been there for forty years had to come to us and say, hey, "Bro, what the fuck you doing?" The man? next meeting, I'm gonna be like, "I'm grateful for people who mind their business." They <laughs> 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 laughing over there, right? Point the point, that old girl. <laughs> I'm thankful for people who are not tattletales and busybodies. I'd be biting my tongue if somebody said that. That whole situation happened. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be no crazy Christian organization either. I'm grateful for people who know how to go with the flow. I'd be looking at her. <laughs> I'm oh. grateful for the people that appreciate the culture that's built around this office of, right. of, of, of having each other's back. I just hate people who spoil it for everybody. It's like that person who's taking 10 steak dinners from, from the Google kitchen and Helen. Like, come on now. We got it. When you have something good going at work, we just all need to just maintain. Mm-hmm. Everybody just fly under the radar, yeah. you know? Everybody fine, man. Everybody, everybody fine. We good. Yes. She was trying to fuck the boss. <laughs> they can't notice me. Just, some, but you know how some people are like that. Like, they just can't. If there is like a policy or a rule, they just can't stand to see people not doing it. Oh, I because they just want to be in control. I I completely know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I do too. Unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, I think we had a good little run. We did. We had a good episode today. Yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, you well, know. did we have a good episode, audience? You tell us. Let us know by giving us all your five star reviews. Don't yes. don't skip on those stars. And thank you again for listening. We will see you next week.